Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast, where my goal is to provide you with tools, tips, resources, and information to help you build a career that you love and a life that matters. I'm coming to you today from Cleveland, Tennessee, my hometown, from my childhood bedroom, actually, where I'm visiting family over the weekend. And Tennessee is just part of who I am. And we've been talking about who you are in terms of personal branding. And Tennessee is a piece of my personal brand, but there are obviously other pieces of the personal brand. And hopefully you had a chance to listen to the episode last week where I talked about what personal branding actually is and kind of how we're going to frame it up in this series about personal branding and how you can communicate your value to the world and get the opportunities that you're looking for. So again, hopefully you've listened to episode 23, Personal Branding with Jennifer McClure. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to stop right here, go back and either download or listen to that episode, and then come right back and join us and catch up here on the second episode in this series. So this week, we're going to talk about how you can actually start to define your personal brand. What are some tools that you can use? What are some exercises you can do to really get to the core of who you are, what you have to offer and how you can help people. And then next week, we'll finish up this series where I'll share some ideas for how you can communicate your brand, how you can share it with the world, how you can continue to evolve it and build upon your brand so that you can get the opportunities that you desire and that also you can help other people get things that they want in the world too. So part of being an impact maker and part of what I'm trying to help you do through these interviews with people that are really strong personal themselves is my goal is to help you really build your authority and your expertise so that you can have choice about the opportunities that you take advantage of or that you want to pursue. So last week, I shared with you a free resource that you can download, and many of you did, and you can still download that. And again, if you haven't yet, I'd encourage you to do that so you can work through what your personal brand is. You can find that personal brand worksheet at jennifermcclure.net slash PB worksheet. And we're going to be kind of walking through some of the steps in that worksheet today to really define your brand. So again, you can communicate it with the world. And again, I heard from many of you on social media or email or LinkedIn message where you said you're working through your personal brand and really enjoying the process. So that's exciting to hear that people are starting to figure out who they are, what they do and how they can add value to others. So let's just kind of set for a little bit again, back with what exactly is a personal brand? And again, we covered that last week and talked about some of the uh, challenges with that phrasing and what it's called. But the reality is that we all need to understand who we are. So my definition of personal brand, what I use when I describe it to people is your personal brand is the perception that people have of you as compared to other people in similar positions. So All of us are certainly unique little snowflakes, but yet there are other people out there that have the same job title as us, that are also moms or dads, uh, that are humans, that are women or men. So there are similarities that we have with other people in the world, and that's wonderful because that connects us in many ways. 
But there are also many things that make us unique and have the opportunity to really add value in certain areas that other people maybe aren't as good at. So it's really important, I think, that you understand how people describe you, how you want to be described compared to maybe other marketing directors or other entrepreneurs or other volunteers in your community, you know, what makes you special, what makes you unique, or what makes you the person that they should call on. So that differentiation aspect is what's important about personal brands. Like if, if you want to separate yourself from others in the sense of getting the opportunities that you want, if you want to be um, you know, called on for promotions, if you want to get job opportunities, and uh, again, a lot of the pushback that I often get is, I'm happy in my job, Jennifer, not looking for job opportunities, or I own my own business, I'm not looking for another job. And even you, people like that, are looking for opportunities to do certain types of work, or you'd love to be able to be called on to get more business opportunities. So all of us are really looking for the chance to get to do the work that we love and that we're most passionate about. And the way to really have those opportunities is to separate ourselves in some way from others who are very similar to us. So to do that, I like to call out this quote from Sally Hogshead. And Sally Hogshead's a well-known speaker and author. She's written a couple of books. One of my favorites is called Fascinate, How to Make Your Brand Impossible to Resist. So Sally has a background in branding and has worked for some leading brands in the world and marketing positions. And she took that knowledge in and wrote a book about branding in general. And then her second book was around kind of your personal brand. And I bought that book because it has a great assessment on there or in it. If you buy the book, you get the opportunity to take the assessment called the Fascination advantage. And for me, it's one of the best assessments that I've taken. And I think it does cost some money today. I was in on the beta where it was free, but um, it's worth it because it really kind of um, the way she describes it is, is that other personality assessments are how you see the world. So measuring kind of how you think and how you feel, and those are valuable, but her assessment, the fascination advantage, it measures how the world sees you. And I think it's one of the assessments that I've taken that I think really did get me. But a famous quote from her that she shared in one of her keynote speeches is, different is better than better. So think about that for a minute. When you think about yourself as compared to others, or even if you think about products or services, different is better than better. And so you might kind of you think you disagree with that, but then you're like, okay, I think I can understand that. But in the per, in the world of people, that can often be the case. People who get the opportunities aren't necessarily the people who do something the best. They're often people that came to someone's attention because of something unique about them. Maybe they are more well-known than other people, or maybe they're, maybe they're quirkier than others, or maybe they are more interesting. But people who get noticed are often people who have some sort of difference that ca- catches our attention. And so when, again, you may hear the word different and you're like, oh, well, that's kind of manipulating things or, um, you know, that's making people notice you for the wrong reasons. No, absolutely. Throughout this whole process, we're talking about authenticity and making sure that you are sharing the real you or skills or abilities that you have or develop developing. So different, you need to think about what calls you out from other people. And again, another quote that I use when I talk about personal branding comes from an article in the Harvard Business Review. 
um, where the quote is, economic and technological changes are reshaping the nature of work. Having a great job does not guarantee your career success and your competence no longer depends on what you know. Welcome to the new era of work where your future depends on being a signal in the noisy universe of human capital. And oh my gosh, is that so true today in a world where everyone has the megaphone of the internet at their advantage. So even if you are not a social media maven, hopefully you at least have a LinkedIn profile. So in a sense, you have your own website out there in the world. You have a place where people can find you on the internet with information about you and your career and what you do and what you don't, you know, or what you do best. So you have an opportunity to make a noise in this world as does everybody else. And then there are also people who go beyond LinkedIn and have a website and have a Twitter account and have a Facebook profile and uh, share YouTube videos. So they are making a lot of noise. So how do you get noticed when maybe someone again, who's very similar to you is really shouting from the mountaintops about their experience. And, you know, it may not always be the loudest voice that gets noticed. Again, it may be the most unique voice. So in a world where everyone has a magazine, phone that they either use to their advantage or they don't, how do you make sure that you get noticed for the opportunities? And I think that, you know, phrase, welcome to the new era of work, where your future depends on being a signal in the noisy universe of human capital is a pretty accurate way of looking at it. And I also like to, again, reframe because, as I mentioned earlier, I get pushback from people sometimes that, you know, hey, I am a human resources manager and I'm happy being that and I'm not looking to, you know, be the chief human resources officer or I'm not necessarily looking for another job because I like where I work and I've been here 20 years. And that is wonderful. But I think we all have to take responsibility for our lives and careers in the sense that no one has job security. And while I don't want you to be thinking about, you know, uh, from a standpoint of I should be afraid and I should always be worried that I'm going to lose my job. But if the 2008 recession and then the recessions and difficult times before that taught us anything, we saw a lot of companies go out of business that people thought never would go out of business. We saw a lot of our friends and colleagues and coworkers and maybe even yourself get laid off from opportunities that you never thought you'd lose. Uh, we also saw businesses change and, and morph and people become obsolete in certain cases. And so we really, really shook up that kind of loyalty equation in the 2008, 9, 10, and beyond recession timeframe when a lot of really great people were out of work through no fault of their own. And I know that it woke a lot of people up. I was in recruiting at the time, and it certainly woke a lot of people up, both clients and, and people who were looking for jobs or people that were employed in the sense of thinking that, you know, job security is no longer something that you get a job you work for a company 30 years, you retire with a pension and retiree health care, all of us can potentially have a job one day and not have a job one day. But on the flip side of that, all of us have the opportunity now to really look at our careers as portfolio careers and thinking about going to the places where we have the opportunity to learn and grow. And so people often will, you know, blame that on the quote millennials who 
by now are in their 30s, people. They're old, um, you know, but it's not just the millennials or the Gen Zs or the whatever the newer generations are that are looking at their careers as probably short term opportunities with companies. But really, all of us should be looking at our careers that way. And again, you can have short term career opportunities within an existing company if you do have the opportunity or the desire to say with a, a company, you can have even in the same job position, the opportunity to do different things. So how are you looking at yourself in terms of rather than employment security, thinking about employability? So my goal in talking to people about personal branding is always to get you to think about being the most employable person that does what you do. So not from a job security standpoint of I want to be so valuable they can't get rid of me, but I want to be so valuable that I have consistent opportunities in front of me that I get to choose the type of work that I want to do, or I get to work in my zone of genius where I have the most skills and the ability to really make a difference in my job and in my work. So think about different is better than better. Think about employability, not job security. And that's kind of the foundation for why we're really looking at defining our personal brand. So that's kind of if you've downloaded the workbook, that kind of is where we start. Now we're going to get into answering some questions so that you can really define who you are and begin to share that with the world and also pursue opportunities that help you to use your skills and talents most effectively. Okay, so here we go. And hopefully for this, um, you've either pulled off the road or you're listening in your home office or in your office somewhere where you can begin to take some notes or start to, if you've downloaded that workbook at jennifermcclure.net slash pbworkbook, that you are really kind of... um, taking the opportunity to answer these questions and fill out the worksheet or just write your thoughts down. And I always say personal branding is ever evolving. So this is not something that you have to get right and engrave on a plaque. Uh, We want to get a starting point for you if you've never kind of thought about what your personal brand is. Or if you've done this exercise before, I try to do it every six months or so formally, but I'm always evolving and thinking about how my brand is changing as I grow, as I get exposed to new opportunities. So this is not set in stone. This is a starting point, and we want to get you started on the right foot. So let's just start with a couple of questions to to begin to think about how we view ourselves and how others view us. And again, these are uh, answers that I want you to think about and not judge yourself. I know I'm terrible about this. When I'm doing an exercise like this, I will write something down and say, well, that doesn't sound right, or people are going to judge me for that. Nobody's going to judge you for this because this is between you and you at this point. We're doing the work, the hard work behind defining who we are so that we can add the most value. So one of the first things I want you to do is to forget your job title. Many of us, when we introduce ourselves to other people, they'll say, hi, who are you? And you say, well, I'm Jennifer McClure. I'm CEO of Unbridled Talent and Disrupt HR LLC. And that doesn't really tell anybody anything. Plus, when they hear the word CEO, it begins to conjure up all kinds of 
things in their mind. They might think highly of their CEO, or they may think about a CEO they've worked for that they didn't like, or they may think CEO runs a, you know, multi-billion dollar company with hundreds of thousands of employees. So that's back to that. How do you differentiate yourself? And by, I can differentiate myself by not starting out describing myself as a CEO, because I'm so much more than my job title. And in my case, and probably in your case as well, my job title can mean a lot of different things. So right out of the gate, I want you to forget your job title in terms of your personal brand. It really has no place in kind of thinking about your personal brand. What I want you to do is to ask yourself, what do I do that adds remarkable, measurable, distinguished or distinctive value? So when people say, who are you? What do you do that adds value? So since my background before um, I went out on my own was in human resources, let me think about that. How did I add value? Well, I helped develop people to achieve their maximum career opportunities. You know, that's off the top of my head. But thinking about what I do that adds value rather than what the descriptor is that someone else gave me. So take the time to just write down a few things about how you add value. In my job today, I teach people and help them understand who they are so that they can maximize that and add the most value to the world. You know, I do that through teaching people about personal branding. I do that about speaking from stages and helping people in leadership careers and executives to understand how they can think strategically and help their companies to grow and maximize the people that they have in their businesses and the opportunities that everyone can have. So those are things that are just rambling off the top of my head. So back to not judging yourself. None of that sounded like something that would be really understandable if you asked me that at a cocktail party. So this is the messy work that we do up front and then we refine and we will get to that. And again, in the worksheet, you get to that where you start to really define and refine your statement. But right now, this is just a opportunity to get a lot of things on paper where you ask yourself, what do I do that adds remarkable, measurable, distinguished, distinctive value? So I'm trying to get you to think about that different is better than better kind of model. So don't judge it. Just write it down. Try to get some things on paper about how you are you are adding value to the world. Then second, I want you to forget your job description. Again, you know, if you work in human resources, you may say, well, I hire people and I fire people or I train people or I, you know, manage the benefits for people. Those are typically tasks or responsibilities in your job description. What I want you to do is think about what do I do that I'm most proud of? Where are the things in your career history or in the job that you're doing today where you just have a warm, fuzzy feeling because you are filled with a sense of pride, not only for the work that you accomplished or that you helped your team accomplish or that your company accomplished, but those are the things that really give you the warm fuzzies when you think about work that you've done or things that you've done in your career or in your life. And and again, your personal brand is more than just your career. What have you done that you're most proud of? And hey, Remember, we're not judging each other, so you can go all the way back to your childhood. If you won the science fair in eighth grade, 
put that down because there's something in there that we want to explore. What was it about that accomplishment when you were in eighth grade that really made you feel pride in the sense of accomplishment? And if you were to explore that, uh, that one we could probably mine for days. But for, for getting our job description and we're thinking about the things that we've done or that we do that make us feel a sense of pride and a sense of accomplishment. So that's the next step. So we forget our job title and we forget our job description and we think about what we do that adds value and what really kind of moves the needle for us. So spend some time with that and you can always come back to that at any point. And again, I I think you will always be evolving who you are and what you do and how you add value and how you describe that. So this is something that you can do over and over again or periodically, or if you think of something or if you want to change something, you certainly always have the opportunity to do that. Next, I want you to kind of move on to the next phase once you kind of spend some time with that and get a get a few things on the page. Now we want to identify some of the more objective pieces of who we are. So those first two exercises are kind of subjective in the sense of what do you think about yourself and what do you feel? This is more certainly what you think and feel, but we're going to try to get some more concrete words. So we want to identify your skills and strengths. So this might be an exercise that you've done before when maybe you've created a resume or you've filled out your LinkedIn profile or you're writing your you know evaluation at work. What are some common strengths that you have that you can begin to kind of tick off our list about what you bring to the table. And we all have dozens and dozens of these, hundreds of these maybe skills, strengths, you know, things that you do really well or things that come natural to you. And if you've downloaded that workbook again, or even if you haven't, just start maybe writing some words, or if you're using the workbook, just circle some words. I've given you um, maybe 40 or 50 words on that workbook that you can kind of go through and, and highlight some of the things that you think might apply to you. So for example, Here's some that might be maybe ambitious, athletic, caring, considerate, um, energetic. You know, these are just a few words that I'm looking at on that workbook page, but love of learning, open-minded, outgoing, you know, these may be words that describe you or they may not. Uh, Things like budgeting skills, the ability to uh, counsel others, developing people, just do a massive brain dump on some skills that you bring to the table. And these may be things that you know are really strong for you. It may be things that others have called out for you. Or if you're looking at, it's always a good idea if you've got some performance evaluations to maybe have those in front of you for the last several years, or maybe your last one or two, and see if you can kind of pull out some words or adjectives or ways that people are describing your skills. And some of them, in a sense, may be skills or strengths that maybe you've never really fully utilized, but you know that you have or that you're working on developing. So those are opportunities to list as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're using today. It doesn't have to be something that someone else has recognized, but I want you to get some skills and strengths down on paper. And then once you do that, if you're using the workbook, you've hopefully got, you know, quite a few of the words circled that you think apply to yourself, or if you're just making a list that you've got, you know, 
there's no set number. There's no right or wrong. You could have three and those could be your three and you could own it or you could have 10 or 20. And that's great. But the next step in the exercise then is I want you to narrow that down to three to five. Now, anybody that's ever done any branding work, whether it's in your corporate world or with a company, uh, and I've had to do this with the, the companies that I have and how I kind of, you know, do my website, et cetera. The advice that you'll always get is no more than three to five things that you do. Three is probably still too many, uh, but a, a good branding person will really try to hold you to no more than three and certainly no more than five. So I'm going to, we're since we're just starting here, or again, we may be kind of going back through the process of personal branding. I want you to narrow down your list to three to five core strengths things that you just can own, you know, you're great at that you do really well, um, that probably other people would recognize, or even if you haven't had a chance to utilize those yet, that you could really, really implement those strengths and skills right away. And so that's the next step in the exercise. So now we've got some strengths and skills listed. So now we want to kind of like zoom out a little bit and start to think not just from our own perspective about how we would describe ourselves or our personal brand, but how other people now view us. So if you remember the personal brand kind of definition is how others view you as compared to other people in similar positions. So like it or not, how other people view you is most definitely a component of your personal brand. Now, We'll get to later, it may be something that you want to try to shift or change because it's not the way you want it to be today. But today, we need to start asking ourselves some questions to really think about how other people view us. And I've given you some examples in the workbook. You know, what do you know more about than most people? So both from your own perspective or other people say, you know, hey, this person's the expert. You got to get Jennifer in here because she's the best at this or she's the one that knows the most about this. So you probably can think of some things right away where people say that you are the quote expert or you're the one that they need to get in the room. Also, how would your colleagues describe your strengths? You know, if, if, if you were to think about it, and again, this is how you think they perceive you at this point, not necessarily how they do or don't, but how do you think they would describe you? And then some good questions, I think, to ask yourself. And a couple of these I got from my friend, Mike Kim, who I interviewed earlier on. Um, I believe it was episode four, if I'm not mistaken, of the Impact Makers podcast, my friend, Mike Kim. And the questions that he asks is, what pisses you off? what breaks your heart? And you're like, well, whoa, those questions kind of came out of, you know, it's not the same as how other people view you. But what we're really trying to get at is what derives you, what motivates you. And so sometimes thinking about that from the perspective of what breaks my heart or what pisses me off, you know, what is wrong out there in the world that I can get really passionate about? That can be a key to your personal brand and how you can add value or where you need to focus some of your efforts. Now, it might be easy to think, well, what pisses me off is, you know, people in, in other countries don't have clean water to drink. Well, certainly go ahead and list that. But I also want you to challenge yourself to think um, about something kind of in your sphere of control. Now, you can donate, you can volunteer, you can go to other countries and build wells. And those may be, again, part of things you want to do. But in your workplace, what pisses you off? Is it that people don't have access to the information that they need in order to do their jobs most effectively? Is it that 
everyone is not given equal access to opportunity? Um, is it that some people don't know how to communicate their worth and therefore they get passed over for promotions or job opportunities in the world? Start to really think about some things that cause you to stir up emotions so that you can begin to get at where you could potentially add value. And then, of course, there's also a component of personal branding that can be aspirational and should be. You know, what do I want to do with my brand? Where am I heading? And so a great question to ask yourself might be, what do you aspire to be? And to really challenge yourself to think beyond, well, not just I aspire to be the chief human resources officer in my organization, but what do you aspire to be in the sense of how do you want to have an impact in this world? Now, you may want to be a leader in your company so that you can help to grow the business and really impact people with the widgets that your company makes, or that you can have an opportunity to provide more opportunities for others in the business, but really challenge yourself to kind of get to the key of how you you can add value through what you aspire to do. So all of these exercises that I've done, these are, you know, I'm going very quickly through them for the sense of just kind of walking you through the process. But if you have to pause this podcast, or if you're taking notes, and then you spend some time, this is going to take some time in the sense that it may be something you do over a few days, it may be something that you take half a day off and go to a park and sit in your favorite spot and and begin to think about this. Uh, It may be some people even take retreats and take a day or a couple of days to to go and think about these things, but just give yourself some time and realize this is a working kind of document and we're going to continue to grow and evaluate it over time. So the next step in the process, we've we've thought about again uh, what we're what we are. We've thought about skills and strengths. We've kind of asked some questions to draw out some areas where we can add value or that we're most passionate about. And now this gets to the fun part because this has been a singular exercise of your thoughts and feelings to this point. But now we actually want to go out and ask other people. And some of you may be just putting the pencils down and you're like, nope, not going to do that. Don't want to know what other people have to think of or say about me. And I would challenge you to rethink that. And if you're super excited about that, you know, yay, because this is your opportunity. But we all have a personal brand already, whether we've done anything to develop it or not. Why is that? Because other people already have perceptions about us. And if you aren't really looking for what that perception is or trying to understand it so that then you can either maximize that or you can say, hey, that is either not who I am or not how I want to be perceived so that I need to understand some steps I can take to change that. We've got to understand how other people think about us or see us or describe us to others because today that's our personal brand that maybe we haven't even had a say in. Well, I mean, you've had a say because they're they're evaluating you from what they see or, or the work product that you put out but that you really haven't taken charge of. So this is one of my favorite exercises and I love it when people do it and share the results with me. What I want you to do, and you can do this a number of different ways. One, you can... Uh, send an email to your colleagues, your friends, your peers. You can send this email to as many people as you want. The more, the better. Or you can ask people in person. 
That one might be a little trickier because maybe people worry about what you will think about what they say or they're trying to say what they think you want to hear. But maybe you do that as well. In addition to asking some people via email, you could send a little survey. You know, I've seen people send like a survey monkey survey or you can do what I've done a couple of times. You can ask your friends on social media and that's going to kind of give it a little bit different spin. But the question you want to ask is what three words would you use to describe me? So simple question, but you have to hold people to the three word answer because people will want to give you sentences. They'll want to give you multiple words to describe you. Nope, we got to get words and there's a reason for that. So when you ask people, whether it's in writing or in person, what three words come to mind when you think of me? Right off the top of your head. Don't overthink it. Three words. If I say Jennifer McClure, what comes to mind? And you're going to love what you can do with this information. So whether you get them in writing or you ask people in person, just collect your list of words. And hopefully, again, you've asked quite a few people, more than a couple, because you want to get a broad perspective. And if you work in a business, again, let's say you're a manager, you probably want to, you know, maybe ask your boss, maybe ask some of your peers, ask the people that work for you, ask some colleagues that maybe don't have some direct, um, you know, foresight into your work, but maybe, you know, do have some exposure to you or have some knowledge of you, the more variety that you can get in perspectives of you and and what you do, the better. So that simple phrase, what three words would you use to describe me? And then I want you to list all of those words, type them up into a Word document, um, or if you use whatever the Mac equivalent is, pages, I think, (laughs) type those up word for word. So don't judge it. If you get one word that's used, you know, 10, 20 times, you type it every single time. So don't just say, well, I've already used that. So we're just going to go on to the next one. Nope. Every three words that you get from someone, they all go on that piece of paper. So again, you might end up with 30 words. You might end up with 300 words, 3000 words. All of that's cool. Again, I think the more you get Maybe it's um, more information, but at some point, type up your list of words. And then I want you to go to a free website called wordle.net. So the web address is www.wordle.net. Wordle.net, again, is a free website. You take your Word document, upload it to wordle.net, and it automatically spits out a Word document. Graphic, And that word graphic is going to give you the words that are used more often are going to be larger than other words on the page. So for example, if someone used the word organized uh, 20 times versus the word crafty, two times. Crafty is going to be very small on your Wordle and organized is going to be very large because it was used more often. And so this gives you a really visual representation of how the world views you. So if your personal brand is how others view you as compared to other people in similar positions, this is a great step to understanding how the world views us. So our Wordle is probably going to be revealing in some ways. Now, I've done this exercise, I think, three times in the last seven or eight years. I actually saw someone do it on their Facebook page a few years ago, Lewis Howes of the School of Greatness podcast. Um, I'm connected to him on Facebook. And several years ago, he asked on his Facebook page, what are the first three words you think of when you think of me? 
and he mentioned, you know, this is a, a an exercise that I'm doing, so please be honest. And uh, it looked interesting. So I kind of followed suit and I asked my Facebook network, which, you know, like probably your Facebook network, if you use Facebook, is a, is a combination of people that you know in person that you've met that you would recognize on the street, as well as I have uh, a few hundred other people that I would not recognize them on the street, but we are connected for some reason on Facebook. Um So, you know, it's a mix of people and I do recognize that, you know, I live the Facebook, uh, show my best life on Facebook like probably most of us do. So they are getting my version of what I want them to see in my world. So I'm not sharing the worst parts of me. I don't share all the bad things that happen. Um, So, you know, right away, I know that that perspective might be skewed, but I still thought it would be an interesting exercise. And I asked uh, several years ago, what are the first three words that come to mind when you think of me? And I shared the example in my personal brand workshops of the word graphic that came back from that. It was very revealing. And again, even knowing that this was kind of a loose network of people, um, it showed me some things that caused me to take some action, both uh, to continue to emphasize some of the things that you know people were thinking of me for, but also to think about some things that I needed to do differently in order to not be perceived in a certain way. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, the words that were largest on my word graphic at that time were professional, HR, and expert. Now, that was about two to three years into my uh, foray into my own business as a speaker. And I was out there speaking mostly about human resources topics and in particular a lot about social media in human resources and recruiting at that time. So to have it come back that people viewed me as professional and as an expert and have HR be very large, um, those were things I'm like, okay, so some things are going right. It, you know, at the time I was probably sharing a lot of pictures of traveling to conferences and events and, you know, my experiences speaking or what I might be working on. So obviously people were picking up on some of what I was putting out there. So that's um, yay for me. But I also saw words on there um, like Diet Coke, uh, horses, and cupcakes was actually pretty large. It was almost as large as uh, expert. <laughs> and those were things that right, you know, kind of immediately struck me as not necessarily horses and Diet Coke so much because that that is part of who I am. But cupcakes was huge. Again, it was very large in terms of uh, my word graphic. And so that was amusing in a sense, but then you had to take a step back and go, why? Why cupcakes? Well, the reason why cupcakes is because, as I mentioned, I was traveling and do travel quite a bit. And at that time, I was very committed to the idea of I wanted to eat a cupcake everywhere I went in the world. So I wanted to do a world tour of cupcakes and find the ones that I felt were best. And so if I landed in a city and I had, you know, an extra hour available, I would go on Yelp or Foursquare and find the nearest cupcake shop, go to the cupcake shop, take a picture of all the cupcakes and eat a delicious cupcake all over the world. And so that was something I shared a lot about on social media because people will love a cupcake picture or, you know, the fact that I'm eating cupcakes in Toronto or Barcelona or, um, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, wherever I might be. And I'm eating a cupcake and I'm sharing that experience. And you're like, why does she keep talking about cupcakes? Because that's the power of personal branding. People, when I say, what are the first three words that you think of when you think of me, thought of cupcakes because I was constantly talking about cupcakes. So 
don't get lost on cupcakes doesn't have anything to do with work or my brand. That exercise taught me that people think of me exactly as how I share who I am with the world. So whether it's HR stuff or speaker or expert or cupcakes or horses or Diet Coke, if those are the things that I'm talking about, that I'm sharing about, that I'm excited about, then that becomes something that people associate with me. So it wasn't so much that I was either excited or disappointed that cupcakes showed up on there. It was that it helped me to realize the power that I have to really shape how others view me in the world. And to be honest, if you think about it, there are a lot of other speakers out there. There are a lot of other coaches out there, but how many of them love cupcakes? And if they do, how many of them let the world know it? And how many of them, when they speak at a conference or events on multiple occasions, have had people in the audience bring them cupcakes? Probably not that many. (laughs) And I've been paid in Diet Cokes before. So uh, in addition to a check. So don't forget that people. Um, So it's, something to think about and maybe your word graphic if you do this exercise and I hope you will will spit back some things where you're kind of at least on first glance you go "Uh, what you know and then you go oh that's probably why people think that because that's all I talk about or that's what I talk about with them or that's the piece of me that I share with my colleagues at work you know and you may also see that on your word graphic there aren't some words That's probably another exercise to think about. What are some words that didn't show up that you're like, wow, when I listed my strengths or the things that I was passionate about or what I wanted to work on or that made me most proud of, none of that showed up on my personal brand Wordle. And there's a reason for that because you're not communicating to the world that those things excite you or that you have those skills or opportunities. So, you know, at first glance, your word graphic, again, may be kind of like you're like, this is silly or these words don't necessarily make sense. But when you start to really dig behind, why do you think some of the words are bigger than others? Or why are some words that you were hoping would show up not really prominent or maybe not there at all? And all of those are exercises that you need to then say I either want to do more of this or less of this or really start to talk about this more. So in my case, for example, over time, I had to stop eating so many cupcakes around the world for a lot of reasons. But I also said, you know, I want other words to be big on my word graphics. So if I don't see words on there like speaker, that was, you know, speaker was not big as as big as I wanted it to be on my word graphics. So instead of sharing pictures of me eating cupcakes around the world or talking about, you know, the latest, greatest cupcake shop, I found, how about talking about my experiences speaking at conferences and corporate events around the world, taking pictures of, you know, people that I meet along the way or of sharing a picture of me on stage. Because when I want people to think about me in terms of how they could hire me or the work that I do or how I'm changing the world, I want you to think of me as a speaker. I want you to think of me as a leadership coach. So if I want those words to be bigger on my word graphic, then I'd better be sharing more information because again, and people are taking cues from me as to how they view me. Of course, I have to back that up and have the skills and experience if they're going to view that them positively, but they're not going to think of me in certain ways if I don't share with them how they need to see me. 
So hopefully you'll have some fun with that exercise and then with the other things that you do to really think from your own perspective about your personal brand. There are a few other exercises in that worksheet that I share with you again at jennifermcclure.net slash PB workbook that you can do things like looking at your reference letters, uh, your LinkedIn recommendations, Twitter list that you might be on. There's lots of ways to kind of go out there and identify how the world sees you today and to find some of the common themes. But I want you then to after you've spent some time with this and again don't overthink it don't start crossing things out because well that doesn't sound good or that's not actually the way I want to be seen right now we need to start with where you are and then we need to think about just like me with some of the examples that I shared that maybe things weren't um, you know as prominent in how other people viewed me or maybe they were more prominent than I would like them to do now I need to start thinking about how I can begin to shape my personal brand and to do that I think it's helpful to create a personal brand brand statement. So when you think about creating a personal brand statement, I created kind of a, you know, a, a acronym, I think it's called, uh, you know, where the first letter of each word is related to a word that thinks of brand. So B-R-A-N-D. So what makes a personal brand statement awesome? Awesome, excuse me. Bold. B is for bold. We want our personal brand statement and our personal brand to support a larger goal that other people care about. If your personal brand is all about you and what you want in the world, um, that certainly can be and may be a part of your personal brand statement today. But to really get other people to resonate with it, to think about it, to when you introduce yourself to go, ooh, or ah, or tell me more, ideally, it needs to be about something bigger than yourself. So how are you helping other people to accomplish what they want to accomplish? How are you changing the world? How are you making a difference? So that's the B. B is for bold. Support a larger goal that others will care about. R is for relevant in line with what you do or what you aspire to do. So it would be one thing for me to say, I would love to be um, a concert singer that's as popular as Taylor Swift. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why that's probably not in line with what I do. And while I might aspire to do that, uh, there's a lot of reasons why that's never going to happen. So, you know, there's one thing to be aspirational and that, you know, I want to move my career to the next level or I want to have more of an impact than I am today. But let's think about where we are today and then how we can shift those things over time. So your brand needs to be relevant to who you are and what you do today. And then we can think about how to shift that. Same along those lines, your your brand, personal brand statement needs to be authentic, synonymous with how others describe you. So many of you may have been uncomfortable again in asking what other people think about you, but that's how they introduce you when you're not in the room. It's how they describe you to other people. It's how they think about you when they're thinking about who do I need to get involved on this project. So it matters how others view you. So your authentic self is what you bring to the table. And if you want to change that, it's like a battleship. It's going to take some time. You don't change things overnight, but it's absolutely possible. It can be turned. But today, again, we're going to start with where we are. How is it authentic and how others to describe you? The N is for notable obviously it needs to be memorable and easy to understand. And I'll share a couple of examples with you in a minute that are pretty memorable and easy. Uh, And I think all of us can aspire to get to those pithy little phrases that we can describe ourselves. But again, that's a work in progress. And 
Ideally, though, you want someone to leave an event where they meet you or to encounter you in some way at a conference or in the workplace or in your uh, volunteer organization or out in the community where when they walk away, they remember something about you that might be a trigger for them if they hear about an opportunity for which you'd be a great fit in the future. And then the D, our favorite word, differentiated. How does your personal brand statement and how you're viewing your personal brand separate you from others who are similarly situated? So what makes a personal brand statement awesome? It's bold, relevant, authentic, notable, and differentiated. So keep that in mind as you begin to kind of start to craft a statement that describes you. Now, all of us have seen LinkedIn profiles with the headlines that aren't great as they could be, or that you read it and you go, "What now, what does this person actually do? Uh, and, and I've got tons of examples of those. And I doubt that anybody listening to these, this podcast is probably going to be uh, one of these statements. But let me give you an example of one I saw recently on a LinkedIn profile. And again, your LinkedIn headline on your profile is a great place for you to think about your personal brand statement, because it has to be short and sweet, and ideally differentiate you in some way enough that people are going to want to be interested to look at your profile. So here's one I saw recently. Dedicated and experienced team member with values and strong organizational skills seeking a full-time career. Now, take a step back. Is there any reason to click on that person's profile to learn more if you're hiring uh, for a position right now? Or if you are just interested in maybe learning more about some of your LinkedIn connections or people out there online? Or Worse, if you met that person at a party or a networking event and you said, tell me about yourself. And they said, I'm a dedicated and experienced team member with values and strong organizational skills who's looking for a job. You don't know how to help that person. You don't know what they do best. There's nothing intriguing for you to ask the next question about them. So that would be an example of where that person ideally needs to do some of the work. So let's talk about then maybe something that could be a little better. Here's one that's an example that I've uh, found years ago from someone online who's a personal brand coach. And she shared uh, an example of a personal brand statement from one of her clients. And the coach is Meg Giuseppe. And I will link to her website. She works with senior executives and their personal branding. And one of the statements that she shared several years ago that I wrote down because I think it's interesting is, One of her clients they came up with, I'm a turnaround management expert in the federal sector. I take on challenges no one in their right mind would touch and transform losers into profitable organizations. People always say, if it's broke, give it to Tim. And when I share that, it almost always gets a laugh if I share it at a workshop. But yet when I ask, what does Tim do? People say he takes people from worst to first, or he's a turnaround expert, or he works in the federal sector. You know, they, they pull things out of that statement that struck them. And you probably, if you're meeting Tim at a networking event, he's obviously in a job search. But what he just said to you, you laughed, probably. You said, tell me a little bit more about how you do that. Um, give me an example of taking somebody from worst. I mean, I can think of a dozen questions that immediately come to mind where I want to learn more about Tim because let's say I'm at a networking event that's full of people that work in the federal sector or full of people that are also operations leaders. 
I've now met one that I'm probably going to remember versus everyone else who tells me what their former job title was or where they worked or the companies that they're interested in working for. I've met someone now that that made me think this is a person that gets things done and I want to know more. And if I'm hiring, maybe I want to talk to him about a job. But here's probably one of my favorite personal brand statements. And again, you know, doing all the work up front. What are you good at? What are your skills and strengths? How do other people view you? How are they describing you today? This is an example of a woman that I met many years ago at a networking event that I would go to once a month. Uh, This was when I worked in executive recruiting. So I was out in the community meeting people quite often. And at this particular networking event, meeting, everyone in the room would have the opportunity to stand up and you had 30 seconds to say who you are and what you do. And then you had to sit down. I don't know. Did they, you know, ring ring a gong or a bell when you went over 30 seconds? No, but I think the rule was there so that you realized it needed to be brief. And I don't remember how I described myself, but it was probably not, I'm sure it was not this good. But every month, this woman would stand up and say, I'm the person that you call when you have more month at the end of your money. And she would sit down and people would laugh and you kind of knew right away what she did. Now, she was a financial planner with a chain financial planning organization, but I still remember her statement to this day. I still remember her name. I still remember the company that she works for. And if people ask me who I would recommend that they go meet with uh, for their financial planning needs, she's one of the people that I will give them her name and her contact information. And I don't even really know her. But what she shared was so clear to me in terms of what she does And it was memorable enough that that's been probably 10, 12 years ago, at least. And I haven't forgotten it. I'm the person that you call when you have more month at the end of your money. Now, I can tell you that my personal brand statement that I've kind of worked on and tweaked and constantly evolving is not that distinct. But I think it's helpful to see how when it's done right, it can land and it can create a touchdown for you in terms of the people that you meet and how they both hear what you do and how you can add value, but also how they receive it and they want to learn more. So to wrap this up, I'm going to leave you with some homework this week. Again, you can download the worksheet, the workbook and work through this and fill it out on the sheet or you can do it on your own. But your homework this week, because next week in the final series of this personal brand series on the Impact Makers podcast, we're going to be talking about how we can take this now out into the world to really begin to establish our authority and our expertise so that we can get the opportunities or add value in the ways that we want. So your homework for today is I want you to really start thinking about your own personal brand statement. And if you remember Kerry Oberbrunner, I mentioned him last week as well. I believe it was episode seven of the Impact Makers podcast and where I interviewed Kerry Oberbrunner. I think Kerry has one of the best personal brand, personal value statements of anyone I've ever heard. And so I'd encourage if you haven't listened to that podcast with Kerry to go back and listen to it. But he uses this formula, which I've heard from others and I've used for years. And the formula is basically, I am blank, and that is your professional identity who helps blank, and that blank will be your audience, do or understand blank, this is now your unique solution that you provide to the world, so that blank, transformation or benefit is the blank there. So I am something who helps 
somebody, do or understand what, so that they can what? So you may say, well, that sounds like a great statement for an entrepreneur or somebody who owns their own business. I am a professional working in the corporate world. Absolutely, you can get your statement in there as well. So remember, Tim's a turnaround expert in the federal sector who takes people from worst to first, you know, and if it's broke, give it to Tim. So he was able to, you know, and, and you don't have to, you know, be so rigid in how you use this. But remember, I am who helps do or understand so that. So I want you this week to really kind of sit with that, take the homework that you've done, take the information that you get from other people and start to develop your first personal brand statement. Or if you've got one or if you've been, you know, done this exercise many times, see if you need to kind of start tweaking and moving your statement or something's missing. And I would love it if you would share your work with me. And again, some of these are be first steps. It doesn't have to be something that's always going to be written in stone. Share your work with me. Send me an email or a LinkedIn message. Or if you're on social media, share your personal brand statement with the hashtag Impact Makers Podcast. If you're on Instagram, take a picture of yourself and share your personal brand statement with the hashtag Impact Makers Podcast. I would love, love, love to hear from you. And if you've downloaded the workbook, uh, it has my email address and you can just reply and share your personal brand statement with me. And I will cheerlead you as you begin to develop your personal brand so that then next week we can start to talk about how you can communicate it with the world. And since I'm asking you to share yours, I'll also share mine and know that mine is not perfect. I've been talking about teaching people, learning about studying personal branding for years. And because I'm continuing to evolve and I'm continuing to strive to achieve my full potential, it is almost always a work in progress. And it's evolved over the years. And it's now it's getting I think I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable with it. But it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as I'm the person that you call when you have more month at the end of your money. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the goal. But I'm working on it. So I'm going to share mine with you with the vulnerability that it's not perfect. when I say I am a keynote speaker and high performance coach who helps leaders to build their authority, leverage their influence and deliver high impact results so that they can become impact makers, creating careers that they love and living lives that matter. You might go, that was a lot of words, Jennifer. Well, that's my first thought too. <laughs> so that's me sharing with you. This is going to be a work in progress. Some of you are going to nail it right off the bat and I'm going to be excited for you and cheer you on and probably learn from you and say, Oh, I like the way that sounded. Maybe I can kind of try to work mine there. But hopefully, at least with my attempt at a personal brand statement, you can see my heart, my desire, my skills, my abilities are really in providing tools, tips, resources and information to help you build a career that you love and a life that matters. And that's what we're trying to do here on the Impact Makers podcast. And I hope you'll join me next week for the third episode in this series, where we'll talk about how you can take this information out and go conquer the world. And again, if you want to download that workbook, it's jennifermcclure.net slash pbworkbook. Please share with me your progress in developing your personal brand statement. And let's go out and change the world together. Have a great week, y'all. One of the best things about the journey of making an impact in the world is the people that you meet along the way and seeing how they're creating impact. My friend, Laurie Rudiman, is one of those people. 
She's a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who is setting out to fix work. In her podcast called Let's Fix Work, she's tackling why work is often so miserable for many people and what we can all do to fix it. Here's some of what she's talking about. During the past 10 years, I've developed a huge network of friends and colleagues. These are people who are passionate about fixing work. They have big ideas. They're authors, speakers, consultants, and even HR ladies who want to help workers find purpose and meaning. So I'm starting a podcast to interview my friends who want to fix work. I love the Let's Fix Work podcast, and I think you will too. Check it out and subscribe over at letsfixwork.com. If you want to raise your game at work, you've got to raise your impact. Find out Jennifer's 10 best strategies to make more of an impact at work at jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways. That's jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways.